You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. And we got a full show for you today. We got breaking news. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Brewers, Lionel Messi, and his first match, and a little HBCU uh, talks. But first, Danny, breaking news on Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics signing with the Boston Celtics. The richest deal in NBA history, five-year $304 million super max contract extension. That's a whole lot of money. Five year extension, $304 million, Danny. Give you all a breakdown here. When the contract actually kicks in, it doesn't kick in until after next season. Uh, Brown will actually make $52.3 million that first year. And then ultimately, the last year in his contract, he would make $69.1 million for that season. Danny, that's close to $1 million per game in the regular season, man. The Boston Celtics' hands are tied. It's tied because they have to pay Jalen Brown, and they have to look to pay Jason Tatum next season. So a lot of their dollars are going to be roped into two players, and then you have Porzingis. And so my question is, who else are they going to have on their roster, not only as starters, but as bench players? This is going to be very intriguing to see how this plays out and how this roster is fleshed out, Danny. Uh, but let me just say, this bodes well for our Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion. The Bucks have a full team, and if there's ever a time that the Bucks need to take advantage of a team that is not as full, if you will, mm-hmm. the time is now. So we'll see what happens. But man, congratulations to, to Jalen Brown getting paid. What say you, Danny? Yes, those are my sentiments exactly. Congratulations <laughs> on getting the bag, man. It's you look at someone like Jalen Brown, who they're always in it, right? And there were talks at one time where he might get traded for KD, and he's always the one that may get traded. Well, now he, he's not going anywhere because no one wants that contract unless some crazy thing happens where a team gets a ton of money available. And I look at someone like Jalen Brown, who he has his moments, but then like last playoffs, he fell apart. And to, you know, have that performance in the playoffs for the, the level that you expect from him, put it like that, that for him to now be the highest paid player in the NBA, there's going to be a lot of side-eyeing going on from some of the players that I would consider better than Jalen Brown. But it's what the market is giving. So I can't, I can't blame him for that. There's just going to be a lot focused on the NBA with these contracts getting as high as they are. And with players, we keep going back to the low management and the way 
the seasons are structured where the players aren't always playing in, in the games, that something's going to come to a head sooner than later and some things are going to have to be rectified. But congratulations to him, and we'll see what happens next now. Danny, right on to the Milwaukee Brewers and where they have been hitting a stride here. Unfortunately, this past weekend, we lost a series uh, against the Atlanta Braves. An awesome series, by the way. Uh, two games to one, but they have a chance to get some get back this weekend uh, in Atlanta. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what the Milwaukee Brewers do uh, this coming weekend, man. But they uh, won last night against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they are now for the last 10 games, seven and three. And they are leading the division, uh, one and a half games in front of the Cincinnati Reds. So this is still a very competitive division. Uh, right now, it seems like it's just between the Brewers and the Reds right now. Uh, we'll see. Uh, normally, uh, you would see the St. Louis Cardinals uh, hitting a stride here, uh, going on this winning streak. It never fails that they would go on some kind of 10-game, 11-game, 15-game <laughs> win streak. Uh, but that hasn't happened this year. Uh, so Brewers are still out in front. Uh, I will say this, Danny, and looking at uh, a couple of games here this past weekend against the Braves, man, the rookie uh, just free. Like, he he just went ballistic, man. And I love to see the young talent really shine here. Uh, I think the Brewers have something here. Very defensive team. Um, relies upon uh, the pitching, relies upon the defense. I will just see how far that goes, Danny. Um, we talked about this even last year in terms of their bats going quiet, especially uh, in the midst of a playoff run uh, or in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Bats just go, goes quiet, and I don't think the Brewers can afford that. Um, curious to see what they do during um, the – or excuse me, before um, the trading deadline to see if they get a little bit more offense here. What say you, Danny, about these Brewers? Jason, that Saturday night game with, you know, Freelich being his first game, and they got moved to national TV. Come on, man. And for them to pull out that game the way they did, Devin Williams didn't make it interesting at the end. We loaded the bases, but he got through it. He pitched through it. Because uh, I was I was like, please don't waste this effort from, you know, the kid getting called up, Freelich, and the performance he had on national TV. But they won, and like you said, they lost two or three to the Braves, but they played the Braves tough. The Braves beat them 4-2 on Sunday, and the Brewers are winning in the eighth inning until they hit a three-run shot on them and ended up mm -hmm. losing 4-2. I look at – they have Woodruff, who's starting – his, uh, you know, his minor league rehab to come back. So you're getting another starting pitcher in the rotation once he's ready to go. And they have Cincinnati coming, you know, they're playing Cincinnati and they have the Braves, like you mentioned. And Christian Yelich last night, the person we've been clamoring for <laughs> for like two years, he's actually starting to show up. And that's something you know, you're paying him for. And it's it's huge. They need that leadership out of him and the inspiration from the younger players. They have something going. I 
like we talked about last time, if they can get through this 500 and above, they'll be in good shape because this is a gauntlet playing Cincinnati, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Atlanta. Um, and you just don't want to let down because they have the Nationals upcoming after the Braves. So this is where they don't turn into classic brewers and have the letdown games against a team they should definitely destroy and actually sweep or at least take three or four from the Nationals. Exciting ball, man. And, yeah, I just hope they keep it going, win tonight against Cincinnati. Danny, right on to uh, soccer here or football. Uh, we have Lionel Messi making his premiere, making his debut uh, for Miami. And let me just say this, Danny, what an awesome turn of events here where Messi actually wins the game, wins the match for him. Uh, looking at the standings in the MLS, though, uh, in the East Division, uh, Inner Miami uh, is actually in last place. Mm -hmm. uh, played 22 games. Um, they have only won five games, three draws, and 14 losses. Uh, but nonetheless, man, I think this bodes well for Miami to where now they're they're capable of drawing those crowds uh, and, and dog. And man, this is a star-studded uh, match. I mean, you saw the lights of Serena uh, there. And then you also saw LeBron. But what say you, Danny, about Messi? Man, it's watching that dude play soccer is is like his footwork, his dribbling, his passing. And, you know, he's on American soil doing this now. And it's one of those things where he's going to draw a crowd because he's one of the all-time greats. And he's still playing at a high level. So that's where, from Miami standpoint, yeah, you hope they can cash in and and keep keep him playing and hopefully they can you know make a little run here at the end uh it may it, it's going to be tough but yeah just to see him out there and just like like everyone out there you know watching him and you know trying to take pictures with him and everything pre and post game was pretty cool and for him to win the game the way he did and the kick he made one of a kind man so it, it was exciting to see and you know, brought some excitement on a Friday night where wasn't too much going on. So it, it was good to see that and uh, watch him perform the way he did and actually win the game. Messi's transition to the MLS is very familiar to that of what LA actually had done uh, over to New York. And this is just really interesting because I think this kind of renews the conversation about who's the GOAT when it comes to soccer, right? LA actually has three World Cups. Do Messi's now one. Uh, and I think when Messi got the World Cup, uh, that helped in his case of being um, potentially uh, the greatest of all time. If my math is correct, Danny, three is still greater than one. And when Pele actually did the World Cup. He did it when he was 17. And there were four matches. He had six goals. He did it again when he was 21, and where he actually had just a goal, played in two games. He did it again at 29 uh, with four goals. And so it's hard to beat three 
World Cups, and that's the most all time in soccer history, man. This whole Messi and, and versus uh, Pele debate, man, uh, I think that still kind of goes on, but uh, I, d- I know who I'm going with. And Danny, just as we're talking about Messi and the MLS and we're talking about the World Cup, currently what's going on right now is the U.S. women's national team is going for their third World Cup in a row, uh, which will be a record. And uh, they have an upcoming match here. And Danny, let me just say, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I really hope that they get the viewership, the views that they so rightfully deserve. Uh, and I'm happy that they are getting uh, the same amount uh, of money uh, as the uh, men's national team would, would be getting. What say you, Danny, about the women's national team? Yeah, Jason, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can pull this off with the three-peat. And they got a big game tomorrow night with the Netherlands. So definitely be tuning into that and seeing uh, what they do there. But so far, they've handled their competition uh, with Vietnam, and they they shut them out. So I don't see that being a problem, but you never know. So just hope they can uh, keep the winning streak going and keep the momentum up so they can get this three-peat. Yeah, and really in their uh, particular uh, group here, we're looking at, obviously, you mentioned the Netherlands. Uh, We did obviously beat uh, Vietnam, and then we have Portugal as well uh, in that group E. Uh, So this is going to be interesting to see how this shakes out, man. Uh, It's going to be a lot of uh, nail-biting moments here, but nonetheless, I think uh, U.S. national uh, women's team can go ahead and, and knock this on out. Now, Danny, uh, for the last topic, um, and it is the HBCU-related topic, uh, and full disclosure, I am an alum of the university we're about to talk about, my Florida A&M University, and it was actually uh, shown that um, the uh, men's football team, uh, there was a video, uh, an unauthorized video shot in the locker room of Florida a University and where uh, license and license apparel was actually used uh, without permission. Uh, the video is out there, man, it's on YouTube. Uh, and let me just say this, Danny, kudos to uh, Coach, Coach Simmons for uh, getting ahead of this uh, in his statement and shutting down football activities for a period of time. Uh, and then um, our AD, Tiffany Dawn Sykes, actually came back and also uh, provided a statement here. And I'll just read it here. Uh, and this is off of uh, FAMUathletics.com. And that quote, uh, the FAMU football team has been cleared to return to all football-related activity, uh, effective Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Uh, an investigation into the unauthorized video that was partially filmed in the football locker room is being led by the university's Office of Compliance and Ethics. Since this is an ongoing investigation, no further comment can be shared at this time. In my role, I have been transparent with stakeholders and this time will be no different. I'll make myself available for comment at the conclusion of the investigation, unquote. So Danny, uh, basically coach, 
Simmons, upon learning about this unauthorized videos, again, shut down football activities for a period of time, got ahead of it, indicated that um, there is no place for that type of activity to happen. And I think it, it really teaches uh, the young student athletes a lesson here uh, to be a little bit more prideful for their university, but then also uh, their locker room as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, as a result of this. Uh, I'll just say this, Danny, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of football activity happening <laughs> at this time anyway. I, I think it puts the student athletes on notice yeah. Um, more yeah. so than anything. And it really puts, uh, in my opinion, Coach Simmons in, in a great light um, as a leader, uh, getting ahead of this. Uh, and as a, he did better PR than I think the university did, quite frankly. So uh, kudos to him, kudos to AD Tiffany Dawn Sykes. Uh, and I think this is a good learning opportunity for a student athletes. What say you about? Of this unauthorized video taking place. You just hope there are no other repercussions as a result. And I look at the Nike deal, for example, is one thing where, you know, work so hard to build that partnership and to get all that established for something like this mishap to occur. You don't want to throw all that away for something where there was some bad judgment. And I, when I saw the video, it made me think of uh, Antonio Brown. If you remember in the playoffs and Tomlin was talking, and this is when social media started getting big and Antonio Brown was in there filming what Tomlin said, which was bulletin board material for the next week in the playoffs where they actually got beat. And Tomlin lost it as he should have because there's a sacred ground when you're in the locker room. And it's not just for what they were doing in the activity. It's just, that's a place where students need to understand, and even professionals, that when you're in that locker room in that facility, it's off limits to anything else but what you're there for. Not necessarily related, but it's kind of dealing with being on premise is all the uh, NFL players right now are getting suspended for gambling. It's not what happened here at FAMU, but I'm just saying it's when you're there, there's a protocol in place that you need to follow. And unfortunately, it was FAMU that ran into this. But now other universities can take this and build upon it in their standard operating procedures and communications to the student athletes to say, hey, no, because if this happens, then this is a result of that occurring. So all in all, it's a huge learning lesson. But at the same time, it's one of those things where as they continue the investigation, I hope nothing else transpires that may impact them or impact their program. Because for a few people that may have been a part of the video or a part of that, it then it impacts all the other student athletes that were not a part of it or the staff or whomever that may impact a job. It could impact, it could go down the line. So that's where I'm hoping out of this whole thing, 
They say, all right, this is what it was, but no one else is going to get impacted. And students won't, the team won't get impacted because if you lose, depending on who it is, that's your season could be down the drain. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of repercussions around this, depending on how this all shakes out. So that's what I'm hoping for the best. And the uh, and they find it and they say, all right, this is, yeah, it was a stupid mistake, but all right, we can keep it moving versus, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to lose this sponsorship or this sponsorship or that sponsorship. So that's the way I saw it, this whole ordeal that happened uh, this past weekend. Well, we'll rise from this and we'll um, look to start our season and we'll look to continue to strike, strike, strike <laughs> again. Let's go Rattlers. Thank you for joining us at Bat Ports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.